Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. If you'd like to listen to the full episode of the Build Up podcast this week, then you can find us on all good podcast apps by searching the Build Up on Balls.ie. Delighted to be joined on the line now by former Ireland international Kevin Doyle. Kevin, how you doing? Good lad, yourself? Not bad at all. Uh, Kevin, interesting quotes. We're now about maybe six weeks away from Ireland's huge game against Slovakia. Uh, Mick McCarthy was doing the media rounds on Monday here in Dublin and he had some uh, interesting quotes on uh, his sort of mentality heading into the game as coach and who he'll be selecting. He said, it's a game for hard-nosed pros. Um, amongst the amongst the sort of um, younger fans, I know there's a, there's been a clamoring for the likes of Troy Parrott, Adam Ida, Jason Malumphy to be to feature in this game. Um, how did these quotes surprise you? And is that an approach? Is mixed approach something that you would sort of sign on with? Um, yeah, I suppose he's right. You know, massive games, massive pressure. You want that to have been there and sort of done it, and they're used to that those situations um, and it wouldn't surprise me much anyway it's, it's his outlook mostly on four he gives young players their chance at the right time but when it comes to big games like this he'll stick with I'd imagine and he's just like saying he'll stick with the, t- stick with the tried and tested um, as much as he'd like to see young lads enthusiasm and no fear and just you know, confidence just go out and play it's um, a brave man to make that decision I don't think there's any manager in the world coming to a big game like that who would think it's the right time to blood players who, who haven't really played and it's, I mean Mick knows that essentially it's his last game well if they if they lose like he's, yeah. he's, he's not trying to he's not coaching for a job so he's no. there's no reason to sort of for he he just needs a result here as as yeah. Ireland yeah he's not thinking past the summer he knows that, like he's not thinking future and what what is what he's doing is making this euro so he's, he's, you know after that you know, we, we need short-term, we need finances, we need to make the Euros, so what's best for him is best for Ireland, and, uh, you know, it, it marries together at the end of the day, so, um, fine by me, he's experienced, he's a manager who's seen it all, he's been in this situation, he's been in playoffs, so, you know, you, you can't argue, in fairness, you cannot argue what, what Mick says um, on what, what needs to be done to, to win these games or to have a chance to win these games. I think it'll be very, very difficult. Um, we, I think we're, we're good enough, but we just we haven't put put together two away performances in a row, and I don't know how long. Um, so to see it happen now is is, is is a difficult one to envisage. Like he did make a make a sort of a tactical play when we were playing away in Switzerland. He did start Aaron Connolly. He's not afraid to make those decisions. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but Aaron was he just scored in the Premier League and he played a couple of games for Brighton. So you know, it wasn't I suppose it wasn't totally out of blue. We were probably I can't remember the exact situation, but we probably had an injury or two. We were we were needing to to start him, but I think if everyone is fit, um, you know, Aaron hasn't set the world alight, I suppose, since in the Premier League, so he will go through what what he's used to, what he's trusted, what's gotten to this stage in the group. Um uh, it's, it's difficult to see and otherwise but six weeks as well like uh, uh, you know six weeks before that Switzerland game I don't think Aaron Connolly was playing for Brighton hadn't scored mm. after that so the next six weeks you don't know what's going to happen what 
what player is going to come on the scene and, and play well for a few games? And you know what? If it's, if it's high up and it's, a, it's a, the Premier League, for example, you know, he'd be very tempted then to, to put him in. Um, but it's, it's, right now, it's hard to, hard to see that. The, probably the most consistent Irish footballer in the Premier League this season has been Shane Long. Uh, and this fixture seems like, uh, in Bratislava in, in March, seems like it'll be crying out for what Long can do for, for Ireland. He's, the, the rumours out of Southampton is that he's going to have his contract extended uh, and he's really had a brilliant season uh, as, as the year has gone on. Um, you've obviously, you obviously go way back with Shane. It, it must be, like, it, it, just the longevity in his career and, and how, you know, he's, his, how he's so vital to still for Southampton. It, it, it must yeah, be kind well, of gr- good to see, you know. Yeah, he showed fantastic, I suppose, word is talking about but mental strength there he's been out of the squad out of the team not involved looked like he was not going to have any part to play at stages in the last year and he's come back he's coming back um, and he's always got that pace you know that even if he's not playing well if he's touching like he to score goals he's always got he's fit guy he would always you know he'll not moan and grumble and he'll always be trying his best to to improve his situation improve the team situation and I, can't, I couldn't believe he wasn't in the Ireland squad whether or not playing for last year or two um, I couldn't believe Nick didn't have him in that Ireland squad because his pace alone is way ahead of what we have. Um, his experience, he'd have, I think in the, if he'd have been in any of the last few squads, he'd have had more goals than the rest of the team combined. Um, and he's a one, he was a Premier League striker who was playing. And in the last squad, he was playing as well. And Nick was always saying, oh, he wasn't playing. Well, he was playing around the time of the last squad as well. He was playing for that. All right, he wasn't so goals. He still probably was scored and he the goals, but you know, who is for Ireland up front? David McGoldrick isn't either. But Shane has scored big goals for Ireland over the years. Couldn't believe there wasn't more of an issue made of him not being in that squad. A Premier League, proven Premier League player over the years. Um, you know, I just, I, it was sort of brushed over in the end. And I, I was I was on RT for one or two of the games and I was trying to bring it up and it was like no one wanted to talk about it. So I'm delighted Mick seems to be speaking about him. Seems to be mentioning that he might be coming back into the squad because I, massive games. And okay, if he doesn't start, I think he should start, by the way. If he doesn't start, I would hate to be ten and a half. Like all, oh, if you ever hear pretty ten and a half, something like chain long. I hate playing against him. He's a nightmare. He stretches teams. He creates. You know, he might score himself, but he creates. He creates opportunities for players because he makes defenders nervous. He makes it back in order to push him on the high line because he stays on top. Um, you know, any of the sound strikers that, that have, you know played with them, I'm sure appreciate what he does for them. He takes a lot of pressure off other players and and lets other lads. Um, Danny Ings is having a fantastic season goal scoring wise he's you know, one of the top scorers in the Premier League and, and well, I can honestly assure you a lot of that is to do with Shane most of his goals have come while he's playing with Shane um, Shane isn't getting them but the reason he's in that team and the reason Southampton are offering are looking to offer him a new contract is because of what, what he does and this is not all about scoring goals there's 11 players on the pitch if he's helping another person score goals while he's doing an important role he might be down on the, on the team sheet as a centre forward or whatever it might be but this is a what he's doing all over the over the pitch that gets him in the team. Yeah, it's a pity. I don't think the Irish fans, I mean, or maybe even football fans, really appreciate just Shane Long's sort of abilities and gifts. You know, like everything you were saying there. He, the work he puts in, his work rate, his professionalism. Um, like I know, you know, he doesn't he doesn't bang them in like Robbie would have back in the day, but like he he does so much for the team and he sets up so much. I, I don't know. I think I think he's the kind of you're right to say that. Like it really. When he was left out of the, those Ireland teams, you know, it was should have been quite a big deal because there wasn't really any accounting for why that was when when we have no. very few options up front. Like he, like this guy, he's he's been 
playing for Ireland since what 2006 or seven, and um, you know there was he he's one of our best. He's one of our only strikers uh, playing Premier League action. So we, you know, yeah. we, we like there. It's we need him for this game. I think we definitely need him. Listen, Mick, I don't, I don't. Mick probably won't start him, but he should be definitely in the squad. And you know, depending on the results for the games, he could start. Um, depending on what we need. I would play him ahead of David McGoldrick, but it depends on the way Mick's style of play. David is very good, and he has been very good in the group. And the way he's holding the ball up and bringing, bringing the team up the pitch and bringing other people to play. And it's a different strength to what Shane has. You know, David McGoldrick's touch might be better. His, his hold-up play would be better. But then he doesn't have the same pace Shane has, doesn't have that offer. So it depends on the game and what's needed. The teams hold high lines, are they pushing up, are they putting us under pressure, and you need that outfall of Shane. You know, Shane makes, I suppose... It's super because a lot of time, let's be honest, we would be booting the ball out of fence. And Shane can turn that boot ball out of fence into a goal scoring opportunity. And um, his most famous goal for Ireland was basically that, you know, just a long boot goalkeeper kick out and he was true on goal against Germany and scored a fantastic goal. So this is it. Us for courses, he would he might be the right option to start one of these games, but he should definitely be in the squad and he should have always been in the squad. Um, his form has dipped over recent years. He hasn't been as good as maybe he was four or five years ago in the Premier League. But he's still as quick as ever, um, and he's it, it, the type of player. If he gets the run and gets a couple of goals, he, he goes on a streak and he scores a lot more goals. Um, so he seems to be in great form at the moment, um, and he's a good guy around the place as well. So that's another reason I couldn't really think of. He's attitude, training, Pete, other players like him. Um, you know, he, doesn't, he doesn't go around moaning and moping. So um, yeah, I just I think to me it's a no-brainer. He should be in there, but. Yeah, I think that um, obviously the clamber for the likes of, of, of Troy Parrott, it might subside a little bit now because, you know, he's not, he obviously he got his new contract at Spurs, but he's, he's not going to be yeah. playing. Um, to touch on Spurs for a little bit, their, their former manager, Maurizio Pochettino, has come out in the press this week and he's talking about how he wants to manage again in the Premier League, issued a, a seldom seen managerial come get me play. Usually it's players asking asking yeah. asking clubs to come get them, but now it's now it's Pochettino. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I can't believe he has to do that. He got Tottenham Hotspur final last year with um, a, a limited squad, a squad who he hadn't signed players basically in two years or spent a whole lot of money in, in that time. Um, a team saving money to move into a new stadium. Basically, he he worked wonders there. He improved every player. Um, I can't believe he has not already been lined up for the Man United job. He is just, uh, you know, I don't know behind the scenes. Maybe they know more than they, they would do. They'd be doing the research. But he would, in my mind, as a Man United fan, be the perfect man for that job. But the style of play, um, his enthusiasm, his, he speaks sense when he's been interviewed. He just, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's another clop in my mind. He seems like a genuine nice guy who plays good football and gets the best out of it players that he has he doesn't have to spend gazillions to uh, to win things you know so um, I think he's, he's a fantastic manager um, and he shouldn't I'm surprised he had to come out and you know I'm surprised he's still on the market I can't believe him, the team hasn't got him on some sort of pre-contract or lined up for when the next need a manager because he you know he's, he's as good as anyone in the Premier League but what he spent and what he did uh, the style of football uh, you know from the outside, unless there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about, he looks a perfect choice for, for any of the top teams. Yeah, um, obviously United uh, are playing on Monday away to Chelsea in a, 
in a rematch of of the first game of the season. Like that's one match that if if Solskjaer doesn't win that, or if Chelsea extend the gap yeah. between them and United, like I mean, everybody is looking towards Solskjaer as being the sort of next to get the boo, and it's been almost like that all season. But there is a genuine replacement there in Pochettino that would make so much sense. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty straightforward. No compensation. Like that. It's a very simple thing to do. Um, and, and, and it seems like Ole Gunnar, as nice as he is, going from week to week. It seems like every week it's the same thing. He needs to win this week. He needs to win next week. It's week to week at the moment, his results. He gets one win every two or three games where it sort of gives him another week or two. Uh, but yeah, I just don't see that being a long-term thing. He doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence as much as I like him and he's a Manchester United legend and he conducts himself very well there but he doesn't inspire me as a manager and um, yeah, I, I just don't see it last and I think they should they should bite the bullet and do it sooner rather than later and give uh, if it is not Pochettino give him a chance to get his feet under the table between now and the end of the season and really set, set, see what he needs in the summer and, and go again and, and reboot for next season. Uh, Kevin, there was some pretty atrocious weather that hit the the Premier League last week and the championship and all across England and some uh, I think bad stuff coming again this weekend with Storm Dennis due to make landfall. I was just wondering, do you have any fond memories of sort of uh, of of atrocious February days when uh, there's hailstorms kind of beating down on you and you're just trying to sort of make it to to the hot shower after the game? Yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty <laughs> matches, training sessions. Um... Oh God! You team clearing snow off the pitch so we could go out and have a five and ten. <laughs> I played a game in actually in America in Houston, and I, I don't joke when I say there was about half a foot of water. You had to wear wellies to go out on the pitch <laughs> an hour and a half before the game. I, it's not. I was like, well, "Why are we here? We're going home. There's no way we're playing this game." And yeah. they said, "Wait till you see. They've got this amazing drainage system." And we, the game was delayed two hours. We kicked off at eleven forty-five at night um, <laughs> in Houston. And uh, played the game, and the pitch was bone dry. I wore I wore molded boots, didn't have to wear studs. Played the game, and I have pictures on my phone now. I show people it just to show them what it was like. It was a massive thunderstorm before, and lightning and all that everywhere. And, uh, but in America, if it if it any time before twelve o'clock at night in the MLS, if the game can kick off before twelve o'clock, it goes ahead. So we kicked off just before twelve and played the game into like into like half one or two o'clock in the morning when we finished. So, uh, and um, a pretty un, uh, surreal experience. But, um, I think we got beat as well. I can't actually remember the score. But yeah, that was my worst. That was my most unreal experience anyway. Literally, like, honestly, not joking when I say a foot of water. It was, uh, it was uh, scary to see. Like The whole place was just um, massively underwater. But yeah, they didn't seem to bother them and they had a drain replaced. Yeah, that was uh, pretty interesting. Um, I can't remember getting too many snowed off or anything like that over the years, but yeah, lots of training sessions. That's things I don't miss. Standing at the door to train and <laughs> at the change room at the around till the very last possible second that I would get fined to run out <laughs> and get training and training as quick as possible, wrapped up to the nine and every sort of waterproof water jacket, glove, hat. I wasn't afraid to wrap myself up. I didn't care about being called up. Called a sissy or whatever. I was well wrapped up. I wasn't getting cold. Uh, Kev, do you have a tip for us this week? I will go for Chelsea to beat Man United. Five to six. Five to six for Chelsea to beat United. That's not a bad show. Yeah, it's you know, it's the type of game United United probably will win and it'll, it'll keep the wolves away from the door for a few weeks for, for Soccer, but um, I just don't think they're 
consistent enough. I think Chelsea need to win more as well. Um, you know, United can still catch Monty for top four, but I think it's unrealistic. Uh, Chelsea are right in there in fourth position. Um, and I like Frank Lampard. He's a very good manager. He's gone about his first season very well. Very, uh, He seems sort of mature as a manager beyond his years. And um, I think they can go there and get a result. That 4-0 on the first day of the season seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I know. It all looked pretty then, didn't it, for Man United? I think, yeah, they had a great pre-season with their team. Have a good pre-season. That was what they blamed the season before. It looked great after the first game, but the long time goes right. Yes, sir. Well, Kevin, thanks very much for your time, and uh, we'll chat to you next week. No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers.